0: It's the Ringer NFL Show. I'm Kevin Carkew with Robert Mays. Robert, have you heard about this new Showtime show, White Famous? I have, and it looks great. If you haven't heard about it, White Famous
1: is a new Showtime comedy about trying to make it in Hollywood.
0: Yeah, it stars Jay Farrow from Saturday Night Live as this comedian, Floyd Mooney. Floyd is a comedian whose career starts to blow up, but he's not sure he's ready to. This reminds me a lot of you, Robert. Yeah, I've struggled with fame. Uh, very much. You're my, a comedy my icon. Life. Yeah, You're a comedy, comedy icon.
1: icon. Yeah, it's the, you know, the ups and downs of the industry. All of those things have crept into my life. He struggles with something every dream chaser
0: wonders. Can he make it without losing his soul? White Famous is executively produced by Academy Award winner Jamie Foxx and the creator of Californication, Tom Kapanos. The
1: show is based on Jamie Foxx's real-life experiences and also stars Michael Rappaport, Jacob Ming-Trent and more.
0: The two-episode series premiere is this Sunday, October 15th at 10 p.m. only on Showtime, so after you watch football all day, you can settle in for a double dose of White Famous. Download the Showtime app now to start your free trial. Or you can watch the
1: hilarious new season premiere right now for free on YouTube. The show is legitimately funny. I hope you guys check it out.
0: Welcome to the Ringer NFL Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Kevin Clark. Joined as always... By Robert Mays. Robert, week six. We're here good Thursday night game yesterday. The Eagles might be good. I don't know. it seems like we're going that way. I'm there. We're there. I mean they're five and one. I had Chris Ryan on Slow News Day and he said this was the test. He said if they win on Thursday night against a pretty good Panthers team, I I buy in and I, I tend to believe him. On the ringer.com
1: this week, I wrote about kind of the three and one teams we yeah. didn't expect to be, or one loss teams that people didn't necessarily expect to be. And the Eagles, watching a few of their games in the last few weeks, I like them. Wentz is playing well. I like the offensive line. It just seems like they've got some stuff going for them with Fletcher Cox back. The defense is kind of healthy and back to form. It just feels like they're going to be around until the end here. And now, Zuke Elliott's suspension's upheld. I mean, the Giants are an absolute train wreck. It feels like, why shouldn't this team win the NFC East?
0: The other day, I wrote about the po- the post-quarterback world in the mm-hmm. NFL, and I had... Uh, you know, the, the example that is going to be the classic example of the season is Blake Bortles, where, where the, the Jaguars are just throwing eight times a game and winning. I had a couple of Panthers fans reach out and say, actually, the post quarterback world also applies to Carolina because they're set up. To win, even if Cam Newton is bad, that's so incredibly not and, true. And <laughs> I was thinking about it, and I was like, oh, Did I screw up there? Like maybe, right? No, he threw fifty-two times last that night. That is an insane thing to say, and it's also not even just how many
1: times he throws. Have you seen what Carolina's passing game yeah. looks like? It's Cam Newton is not throwing to Antonio Brown or Keenan Allen. These dudes aren't open. He has to whip these balls into tiny little windows. Cam Newton has to be excellent
0: for the Panthers to be good on offense. The Panthers are not in the post; They're in the pre-quarterback era. Exactly. Yeah. No, when the quarterback was the only position on the offense. Exactly. All right. Week six is here. We're going to bring you up to speed on everything you need to know for the action. Danny Kelly will join us to talk fantasy football. Who should start? Who should you sit? Danny's got the answers in a bit. And the ringer's Joel Solomon is back for another edition of Am I Crazy? Joel is here in the studio. He's fired up. Robert is also in the studio. I'm here. We didn't mention that. I'm sitting across from you. It's great. But first off, let's get to our favorite four. These are our favorite four matchups of the weekend. Robert, start us out. I'm going with Steelers-Chiefs.
1: I mean, obviously before the season, this on paper looked like it'd be a yeah. good one. You know, Pittsburgh and Kansas City are both teams. Figured to push toward the playoffs, and now it's kind of a weird one. It just feels like what the Steelers are doing right now and all the chatter around them. We'll get that a little bit later, yeah. uh, but And Kansas City's the best team in the league. So looking at not a great Sunday slate, this is probably the marquee matchup, wouldn't you say?
0: Yes, I would say that. And I also wonder... If the Steelers lose, they're 3-3, three and, three, and it's a particularly gloomy 3-3. Three and three. Yes. I mean, it's not – the Jets are probably going to be 3-3 three and three after Sunday, and people are going to be saying, those plucky Jets, 3-3. Three and three. They're, they're already yeah. plucky. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I mean – If the Jets were one and whatever, they'd be plucky. I mean, if the Steelers lose, we got problems. Um, and that's it's
1: not as if – well, the Steelers, if they falter, were in a bad way. They're yeah. playing the best team in football right now.
0: Right. So a couple of things. Number one, the NFL dug up the stat. The other day, and I love it. Do you know this is the two a matchup of the two running backs who have the most yards per game in history? That's pretty great. I mean, Kyron Hunt's been in the league for five weeks, so scoreboard. <laughs> <laughs> Scoreboard. Oh, that's uh,
1: like Deshaun Watson would be the greatest quarterback of all time if we were he going is. by that. Yeah, he, he, is. he might be. He so there yeah. so yeah. we go.
0: Um, it's interesting to me. The Chiefs haven't uh, have holes in their in their rush defense. Um, PFF tweeted out the stat. Think they're fourth in the fourth worst in the NFL at uh, yards per attempt on first down. I mean, we saw last week that for some reason the Steelers have an aversion to running the ball. I, and I don't know what that is. I and mean, against
1: Jacksonville, who Jacksonville has the, the worst, worst run defense in who the league. has the
0: worst run defense the in the league. And the best pass
1: defense. It's not as if, well, they don't exactly right. stop the pass well either. Right. It couldn't right. be on a on right. more opposite end. Right.
0: And so they just got to give the ball to Le'Veon Bell 30 times. Just do it and see what happens. That's exactly what they did against the Chiefs last year. Yeah. I mean, that was their game
1: plan in the playoffs. So why not fine. go that
0: way again? Another stat I saw about this game that I'm just fascinated by. When the also, ch- you got to keep the ball at Alex Smith's hands. It's another reason you got to <laughs> run the ball all game. When the Chiefs rush three guys, three guys, according to Pro Football Focus, they're getting pressure forty-four percent of the time. This is there are teams who don't get that with five guys.
1: We talked about this before the season started, and it was kind of whatever dour viewpoint or look you'd have for the Chiefs. Part of it was. Their defense when it was really good was good in part because Justin Houston was a monster. Yeah. And he's played so well this year. And that's fun because Justin Houston isn't young. He's not old, but it's not as if he's a 24 year old guy. There's a chance when you have that knee injury for that long and it lingers that you don't get to back you don't get back to being that guy again. And the fact that he's playing this well, it's a fun little sight. And also Chris Jones is excellent. So it's they've got a couple guys that can make it happen, but Houston's the guy that stirs the drink now up front. And that wasn't necessarily the thought coming into the year.
0: I totally agree. I mean, I just, I love that defense. I'm in love with that defense. I, I love this Chiefs team. If they win, is there any part of you that thinks, you know, last year we had the, the Vikings aberration. Obviously, the fact they had the worst offensive line maybe in NFL history uh, after the midseason sort of doomed them. Is there anything in your mind that could, that, that, that the Chiefs have as far as a fatal flaw that could sneak in in the second half of the season? Or is this is this as good a team as it looks right now?
1: It's kind of funny because... If they had one, it probably already would have crept in. I mean, Those offensive line injuries would sink most teams, and they've played pretty well. That's what I'm going to be looking at most in this game, though. Pittsburgh's pretty darn good up front. Hargrave to it back. Their pass rush has been pretty solid. So I feel like that's a matchup the Steelers could win in this game, but I don't know if that's necessarily an indictment of who the Chiefs are in that area.
0: Steelers have the 28th-ranked rush defense, so I think they're probably going to go with Kareem Hunt over and over and over again
1: instead of alex smith slinging it around i don't know man you got the mvp at quarterback you gotta lean on him we can't give the mvp to alex why not just hand it to him we can't do it
0: <laughs> i'm not doing it i'm not doing that i don't care about awards at all i don't get I, I love awards i don't get awards guy this guy you, did you just refer to yourself as big awards guy yeah okay big awards guy
1: okay um why? Is that not accurate? It seems like you should start calling me that.
0: Okay. All right. We're here. We're here on a fellow show with Kevin Clark, and, and big awards, awards guy. guy. Um, I don't care, but I would be slightly offended if Alex Smith, I mean, like, yeah, he's just a... There, we would have to... It would become like the Heisman Trophy a little bit. But well, let's be clear. The most valuable player in the NFL every season is Aaron Rodgers. Or Lane Johnson. <laughs>
1: I don't know. The Eagles look just fine. Jason Johnson
0: and Earl Thomas are the two most valuable players to me. Judging by what happens when they're I'm on, not going to try to pronounce his first
1: name, but you know, Vitae. Vitae is going to be all right, right tackle for the Eagles. Even though Julius Peppers just roasted Maybe him on the Julius first. Maybe Julius
0: Peppers is the MVP every year.
1: I don't understand what Julius Peppers. I wrote about this this week. Julius Peppers and Jason Peters. It makes no sense. Like they're replicants from Blade Runner. I tweeted this. Like they, they're not human beings to keep doing this every year. I don't understand it whatsoever.
0: All right, we're going to do Patriots at Jets. Yeah, I'm struggling with the question here. If, if the Patriots lose this game, <laughs> <laughs> if oh, the Patriots lose this game, well, I mean, it's a tough situation for TheRinger.com because there's a lot of Jets fans here.
1: No, I understand that. Yeah. We'll never see Bill Simmons again. Right. I, I'll be happy for Sean. I'll be very happy for Ryan Hamlet, even though I assume both of them want the Jets Matt, to lose Matt, every Matt, game.
0: Matt, Matt James, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of Jets fans here. Here's my question. If the Patriots lose this game, they'll be three and three. The Jets will be four and two. Independent of what the Bills do. How <laughs> do every single part of at that sense. At what point, at what point would you be like, the Jets are better than the Patriots? Because the Patriots they have the would worst. Never, ever happen. What if they were, had two more wins, three more wins? Like in mid no, no, sorry. What if the Jets won the Super Bowl? The, the, the Patriots would still be better. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was getting yeah. at. We could be like at halftime of the Super Bowl. The Jets could be up 20 points, and we'd be like, Wow, this Patriots team is much better than this so Jets team. Here's my question about the Jets, all right? And, and we can go a couple different directions here. First of all, how
1: bad was Ryan Fitzpatrick last year? It's not as if yeah. the Jets have this entire influx of new coaching minds. The players on the team, like player by player, the yeah. 22 guys are worse objectively. Mm-hmm. The quarterback is probably better. McCown's playing, I don't know, fine. I don't know how you describe it. He's playing fine. He's McCowning. And They've done the additions in the secondary and kind of the changes in that area have helped. I mean, Adams has been a revelation. He's going to be a really good player. Marcus Mason, pretty good. I mean, and Clayborne's been fine. So their competence in the secondary has helped. But this is still Todd Bowles. There's no Sheldon Richardson. I just don't understand how the Jets were such a nightmare last season. And they look so competent right now without any major changes aside from the guy playing quarterback. They're not doing anything well.
0: No, they're not doing anything well. They're just fine. Like it all? They're rushing the ball okay. They're That's se- that one game se- against Jacksonville. They're seventh <laughs> in yards per attempt, but they're not. I mean, they're they're twenty fifth in passing offense, twelfth in passing defense. I mean, they're they're thirtieth in stopping the run. The,
1: the Jets are not a good team. It's just like they're so meh right now, and the fact that we're even having a conversation about them sticking in a game with the Patriots speaks to how. Meh, the Patriots are right. Yeah, now. that's what I'm
0: getting at. Yeah. I mean, I don't really No one actually believes the Jets are good, but the Patriots basically have the worst defense on the planet right now. I think this is going
1: to be a really good, just measuring stick for the Patriots defense. If they
0: get, it's a measuring stick for whether or not the world is going to end.
1: Well, it's, that's also true. Which we seem to be on the brink of that. But if the Patriots get run over by the Jets, I mean, if the Jets not run over, that's strong. If the pa- if the Jets show any signs of life on offense against this Patriots defense. I think it's mm-hmm. time to start getting really worried.
0: The Patriots have a mini buy; They're coming off a 10-day rush sure. to play this Jets team. Sure. So, watch some film. Watch some film of the Jets. And um, can't stop. I love how, it. It's how my was favorite. that? It was great. It was yeah. very... It was film. Yeah. They ran plays. Yeah. Well, uh, well, they stuck out the to ball. You. Uh, Josh, and this is real. Josh McCown is getting pretty good at just finding easy yardage. Okay? So, mm. he's at least... He is a like a extremely league average quarterback that the Patriots can test themselves against. Because the Patriots have had some interesting tests, right? They had you know Alex Smith and that unbelievable rushing attack, week one. Then you have Drew Brees, rookie Deshaun Watson, Cam Newton, and then Jameis. A couple of those guys have extremely high ceilings. They got roasted
1: by some of those guys. Yeah, they sure did.
0: (laughs) But it's really it's what I'm interested to see is just like a middle of the road, completely untalented quarterback who just makes easy throws. Like, can they stop that guy? That's the question. I mean, if, if they can't, then things are really bad. That, and what that's do you do? do? Getting, I don't know. What do you do? Because it, it just feels like it's this not a scheme thing at this point, man. It's it's an assignment discipline thing. It's it's ridiculous. I I don't know what the hell
1: is going on there. We at this point, if they don't put up some sort of fight this week, this is when you start getting really worried. The Patriots? Yes. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm not worried yet, but this is the week where it's just like, there's no excuses. The, the, well, we have to court-
0: get worried because the ring is shutting down on Monday if this happens. Yeah, that's a good point. Where would you work? I would go work for the New York Jets. It's a good point. It's planning, a good train to be on right now. Super Bowl parade. <laughs> parade planner for the New York Jets. All right, what else we got? Uh, It's your game, buddy. Packers
1: and Vikings. It's a good one, man. Love it. I mean, I think that we talked about this last week. It just feels like with the way the rest of the NFC is going and how flawed so many of these teams are, that the team with Aaron Rodgers is the scariest team. And I feel like against this Vikings defense, that they really haven't played an excellent defense in a little while. I mean, they
0: think that— The Packers.
1: Yes. Well, there aren't that many excellent defenses. So, I mean, if you think about the Packers' schedule, I mean, they played Seattle, obviously, and then they had they lost that game to Atlanta, and just some, some fluky plays in that game. The Bengals' defense is better than people give it credit for, and I think that the Packers struggled a little bit in that game. So I feel like I, I want to see what this offense looks like against a really good defense because they're going to play teams like this down the stretch. So Rodgers can carry them for the most part, especially against teams like the Cowboys. Nobody needs to be carried against the Bears. But can he carry this offense against Minnesota? I feel like is a very good question.
0: Yeah, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is, again, like you said, the sort of the default MVP of the league. Mm -hmm. And I... I'm not. I, I did a thing for the Ringer.com today about you know the games where the teams have the most at stake. I think that the Patriots and the Jets are an incredible, uh, an incredibly staky matchup. I would agree with that. There's a lot of off from this. This I'm less concerned about because I think both of these teams, the way they're built, are going to be there at the end of the year, competing for a playoff spot. I, obviously, I think the Packers are significantly better than the Vikings, but I think the Vikings are built to last. And so I'm I'm intrigued to see this matchup. I think the I, I mean I think the Packers probably win by ten points. Yeah, just because, I mean, especially when you consider how banged up the
1: Vikings are and where the Vikings are banged up. The Packers get back their offensive line this week for the first time in a while. So Bakhtiari coming back the week where they have to play against Everson Griffin is a huge deal.
0: Does it uh, impact your thinking at all that Case Keenum is now the best quarterback in football? Maybe. (laughs) No. No. I I felt bad for Sam Bradford last week. He shouldn't have been in the game. Did you watch uh, Slow News Day this week? I did. With Chris Ryan's idea for a, a house reboot in which Mike Zimmer... Diagnoses the Vikings quarterbacks with a different <laughs> with a
1: different ailment every week The only person on the planet who's more of an asshole than Hugh Laurie in that role is Mike Zimmer So it totally fits and Chris Ryan is his, his assistant. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah that, 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 I, that plays to me with the rest of the stuff on television. I think that that could there was a lot of Wyatt Tittle
0: material They got from slow <laughs> news day. How heavy is the editing on slow news day? It, it, we, it's like uh, apocalypse now We just film for 46 hours so I think that we're going to
1: see how much Stefan Diggs means to this offense, I think, this week as well. I feel like even with Case Keenum, the greatest quarterback of all time under center, it, their passing game is going to struggle against this against yeah. the Packers. I feel, I feel like this game is not going to be indicative of where these two teams are at the end of the season just because of who's banged up for each one. And I, I think, but I do want to see Green Bay play well against Minnesota's defense. That's what I'll say.
0: Yeah. I, I love this game. I'm yeah, fired it's up. It's a fun one. These the, the, two teams the, at this so, point in their trajectory so are fun. If, if you've looked at the schedule, you know that the primetime games are just absolute horseshit it this is, week. It's unbelievable the networks, how bad they are. Folks, folks, <laughs> the networks gambled and, and lost. We The, the Colts so have d- been in primetime Colts, twice. Okay, so the Giants are are at the Broncos. Not a vintage matchup. Can
1: we talk about this? the Giants for two seconds, though? So? Yeah. What what's going on with this Dominic Roger? Grimes- Dominic just come out, he left the team
0: three times. Three times.
1: To why, which the genius the, the second the, time. The,
0: the genius Katie Baker uh quote tweeted him leaving three times and said same. <laughs> Katie Baker's a, gi- a very smart <laughs> but she He's coming fan, back the same way. A very smart giants fan. <laughs> Is Katie also suspended? She's bouncing, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. She's done. Um so Ben McAdoo clarified he's not even gonna dignify. Thoughts he's lost the team. The only time that someone ever says that is when they've lost the team two weeks ago. I mean, he never had the team. No. It's like the Lionel Hutz. I'm not even wearing a tie <laughs> Bit Like, he doesn't even, I don't even know what the team is. How could you say <laughs> I've lost the team? I don't even, I don't even there know. We don't even have a team. The team. Um, no, I can't, I can't think of someone who's lost the team with more efficiency than Ben do. It's been swift. And they made the playoffs last year. I picked them. I thought. I mean, like last November, Bill was trying to say they might win not make the Super Bowl. That's not fair, though. You can't talk to a Patriots fan about the Giants. Yeah, the way it relates to their playoff. Yeah, just
1: performances yeah. overall. Okay, Rams and Jaguars. That's the game. I love it. I this love is it. your favorite game of the week.
0: You know it is. It's my favorite game of of ever of life. Yeah. yeah, and and my hot take. I kind of believe. I'll get into this a little bit, but um, I mean. First of all, here's what I'm intrigued by. there was a, a good I, I, I linked to this in my um, in my, col- my my weekend preview today on the ringer.com, but there's some really good interesting nuggets about Todd Gurley and the holes he wants to run in and how it matches up with the holes that the Jaguars have mm-hmm. right on the right side of the line and outside the tackles. That's where Gurley wants to go and that's where the Jaguars struggle. And so this is a really good there's, there's two really big tests I'm looking for. Number one can golf. Throw against the best secondary in the, the NFL. The answer to that is no. I, I think I they're going to have a really no hard time can. throwing the ball. No one can. Jalen Ramsey and AJ Boye are the two far and away best cornerbacks in the NFL right now. Far and away.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, who else would even be in the comfort? Uh, I think they're the two best cornerbacks in the NFL. Denver? I still think Denver's yeah. trio, even with Aaron Colvin playing well probably is better than yeah. what the Jaguars have.
0: Yeah. No, I when you go three deep, I would go with Just it. because being able to put Chris Harris into the slot is such an advantage. It's kind of like uh how if you put Petty and Springsteen's best songs together, Petty wins when you go 20 deep, but when you go 50 deep, Springsteen wins. That's fair. That's my Petty Springsteen take. You're just waiting for a time to slip that in. The waiting, the last, like, the waiting is the hardest part. Um so yeah, no, I, 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 am intrigued by that, and then I'm intrigued by Gurley going up against the absolute worst rushing defense in the NFL, and whether or not the Jaguars have any answer. I feel like this is a really bad matchup for the
1: Rams because they, they're really? They should never throw the ball. They should go full Bortles. But that all, I know Todd Gurley is good at football. They have not run the ball efficiently efficiently this year. The 22nd rushing DVOA. He's had games where he's salted it away. That Dallas game. Late he had some nice runs, but it's not as if they've been ripping off five yards a carry this year They've stopped and started on in the running game often Mm -hmm. So I feel like they might have trouble and I just feel like that offensive line. They've been fine Better than people probably thought before the season Saffold's played solid John Sullivan's actually been a very underrated addition. Everyone talked about Whitworth, which is fair But I feel like they're outclassed by this Jags defensive line so I just think that they're going to struggle. I, I don't know if they're going to be able to run the ball as efficiently as other teams have. And I just think that the where the Rams are good and where the Jaguars are good, it does not stack up well for the for the
0: Rams. This brings us to my hottest take that I kind of believe. Let's get there. The following things had an 85% chance of not happening. There was a 15% chance Donald Trump was going to win the election. I figured you'd according to the New York Times, There was a 15% chance in the middle of the third quarter that the Atlanta Falcons were going to lose the Super Bowl. I think it's even even less than a 15% chance. Well, at one point it was 99%, yeah. but in the third quarter it was, it was, there was a very famous tweet that, that Hillary Clinton and the Falcons had the same odds. The odds that the U.S. World Cup team was going to make the World Cup heading into the last round of games on Tuesday, according to Sports Illustrated, was the exact same as Hillary Clinton. This okay. is just a sign that the world is going to end, right? The Jacksonville Jaguars making the playoffs in preseason, according to ESPN, had the exact same odds. Here, here's my other thought about this. Are
1: people just making up odds?
2: See, <laughs> it just seems like there's no way if we're actually doing
1: this mathematically that all of these are the same. It's just like, ah, hey, you know what? This seems right. So we're just going to say this every time. Um, it's like well, if something has a very small chance of happening, yeah. it only has a 15% chance. There's no way this is all. I'm like, eating oatmeal.
0: Please I, yeah. cut this part. Please, please, or keep it in. I had a 15% chance of finishing that sentence. <laughs> um, no, I mean, there's, certain, there's. I think 15% is the perfect number because it, it's not insanely. Uh, it's not an insane long shot, but it's also not one in four. It's not. Two, 20 is too high because it's one in five. Right. And one in 10 is not enough. So 15 is just like, eh, people believe that. Yeah, that seems unlikely, but it's not so unlikely that we can't be like, well, we had a 15% yes, chance. chance. So you think that the data world is just going full Enron here? Yeah. These, these numbers are fudged. <laughs> the books are cooked. <laughs> but everything that everything that seems like it's going to happen just gets an 85%
1: chance. Just, the statistical community got together at some summit and they were like, guys, we want to spend more time with our families.
0: If it doesn't seem 15, like it's going to happen, Everything 85, is 15. an 85-15 split. That's my... Okay. <laughs> I'm so going with that. I think the Jaguars are going to make the playoffs. And I actually think they might win more games than you think. I saw an incredible statistic. The NFL pulled this up the other day. Three teams in the last 25 years have allowed a lower passer rating at this point in the season. Both of them, who are not the Jaguars, won the Super Bowl. 2002 Buccaneers? Mm-hmm. 2000 Ravens? No. 85 Bears?
1: N- not 25 years. Oh, sorry. We're getting old. 25 years. Uh, 2002
0: Ravens. You're not going to get it. 2002 Bucks. You're not going to get it. The so Broncos two years ago. No, you don't think about it as a, as a dominant defense. Who is it? Ninety six Packers. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. They were better than uh, uh, the two thousand two Bucks is still the best pass defense I've ever oh, seen. Excuse me. And I think their DVOA bears that out. Yeah. So those are the two teams that are lower than a fifty six passer rating. Okay. The Other team with a fifty six passer rating was the O three Patriots. Wow. Okay. Two thousand two Bucks is the only one I would have guessed. Let look at the anyway. So the point is, the Jaguars won in the Super Bowl. That was a joke. They're not. They, But I do think, I think that at some point, if it looks and smells like a good team, it's a good
1: team. So th- their past defense is so good. And I think I'm right there with you on that. Also schedule yep. at Colts next week. Well, Bengals, m- Chargers, yeah. Browns, Cardinals, Colts.
0: It also helps just being in the AFC South and playing a bunch of horseshit yeah, teams. Yeah, that also helps. Yeah, When I, when I thought the Titans were going to go deeper in the playoffs, I forgot they had Mike well, Malarca. Mariota's back. I mean, like, Mariota
1: yeah. not being playing last week is a big deal. I, I feel like this is a thing. And that actually will get me to the thing we're not talking about this week. Okay,
0: let's do it. Let's set this up. It's the Robert Mays, what are we missing nugget of the week.
1: Those two quarterbacks coming back is a big deal. I mean, I feel like with the Titans, we've seen what the rest of their supporting cast can do. You slot Mariota back in, they're healthy. I feel like it's going to be all right. I don't feel the same way about the Raiders. And I feel like that's going to be the conversation about Oakland this week is, Derek Carr is back, you know, da-da-da-da-da. Derek Carr hasn't been very good this year, first of all. Nope. But let's go beyond that. The rest of the Raiders' offense hasn't been very good. Amari Cooper has been atrocious this season. And I feel like he's been banged up. He's not feeling well. I mean, physically he doesn't look right, but that doesn't contribute to drops. I mean, it just seems like there's so many problems affecting this offense and it goes beyond Derek Carr being healthy or not. Yeah. And I think that what we saw against Denver, and we watched some of that game yesterday, earlier this week when I was writing about the Broncos, they took it to the Raiders offense the entire game. Physicality is really dictating everything about how they wanted this to go. And The Chargers defense isn't to the level of the Broncos, but they have players on that team. And I just want to see the rest of the Raiders offense do that to somebody else. To take it to another team, another defense, the way that the Broncos took it to them. Because Derek Carr is the most important player on this team. We learned that last season. But he's not the only member of that offense. They need to be a dominant unit when you consider how bad they are on defense. I'm always looking for a better adjective. And they... That goes beyond Derek Carr, and I would like to see that from the rest of this group. Cooper, I mean, Crabtree's been fine, but this offensive line should be dominant. They they shouldn't just be a a solid unit. They should crush games, and they have not done that.
0: Because they have so many A++ players, at least two, and that's not a common thing around the league. I think people thought that the Raiders team was more dominant than they were last year. They won so many close games. They won so, and not just close. Not not like oh, they won by four points. Like games where they had the Donald Trump esque fifteen yeah. percent, or Panama. Or that was real though. It was fifteen percent for the Raiders. It was fifteen percent. That wasn't made. I out. think there were some time they had they had at least two games where it was like ninety nine point eight percent they were going to lose. Yeah, I mean, it's, you really hate this data thing. I don't. I don't. I, I don't my, believe any in of my, this all In made my up. column today, I mentioned that people are starting to doubt probability, and I I sort of. Compared them to Joe Booth, saying, "I heard the jury's still out on science." (laughs) (laughs) I don't
1: believe it's it's just this stuff. I believe most numbers, but the probability stuff, I'm still still skeptical. You're a
0: probability truther. truther. That's right. Yeah, we're gonna get Brian Burke on and just roast (laughs) you. (laughs) Um, yeah, so I, I, I agree with you. I mean, Derek Carr has to get better and they have to. I, I talked earlier in the season about how the next step for the Raiders is not getting in the situations. Yes. Right? You you look like one of the best teams in the NFL because of the way you played in the fourth quarter and pulling wins out of your butt, basically. And the, the next step is not getting in and being up. 21 points at halftime. That's, that's what, what good, good teams, teams do. do.
1: Yes. I mean, that's exactly right. And we thought, remember before the Washington game, we were having that conversation, like they need to go in and beat up Washington. It's beyond them not being a really good team. They're not a good team right now.
0: That's right. the problem. And it just feels like we didn't think we'd be here with the Raiders. Right. Now let's welcome in our ringer fantasy football genius, Danny Kelly. Danny, everyone puts out these stardom sitem columns each week, and they're not as good
3: as yours. <laughs> I agree completely. Uh, Yeah, That's that's it. There was
0: a different (laughs) thing here on the read, but I I know what we meant by that. (laughs) Might as well just not beat around it. Yeah, let's just get straight to it. I'm into your improvising. So, DK, give us some start and sit decisions that people might actually be struggling with for week six. Let's
3: start with the quarterback. All right. So, my start this week is Matt Ryan and... That might seem obvious since he's the reigning MVP, but I get the feeling a lot of people have kind of given up on him a little bit. I mean, we've seen a lot of regression in terms of, you know, just his prolific numbers. Um, But I like the matchup this week. I like that. They're coming off a bye. The Dolphins right now are really good against the run and really, really bad against the pass. So I can see this game kind of going pass heavy. And I think with Julio back, you know, healthy-ish, I think it could be a good game for him. And so... You know, if if you've given up on Matt Ryan, I think it's it's time to give him one last try this week. Matthew Stafford and Matt Ryan. Mm. Matthew Stafford against the Saints. Whew, that's rough. I, I'm still going with Matt Ryan on that. Wow. one. Wow. Okay, I actually have that decision to make. So thank Stafford you. Stafford has been good, but he, I mean, he's been a like. Is that what the show but,
1: is for? I mean, these are real <laughs> questions. People are uh, why he's giving me advice. I I am the stand
3: in for the listener. Yeah, that's that's my advice. I'm going with Matt Ryan on that one. Danny, what quarterback are you sitting? I'm going with Ben. Maybe I don't have it anymore. Roethlisberger. <laughs> I think Ben is sitting.
0: <laughs> ben is just going <laughs> to sit in real life.
1: <laughs> he's benching and, I mean, himself. again,
3: it's like, this is, this is kind of obvious coming off of a five, you know, or whatever, how many interceptions he had last week. But he's so tempting for a lot of people just because he's got Brown, Bell, and Bryant out there. And I think every week it's like, man, he could really go off just because of his weapons. But if you look at some of his road numbers over the last year and a half, like going back to the beginning of last year, He's he's played 11 games on the road, 59% completion rate, 13 TDs to 10 interceptions, um 80 rating and 6.75 yards per attempt. I mean, he's terrible on the road in the last like year and a half. Now, one caveat, his one good road game came against Kansas City last year. He had five touchdowns in that game. Um but I'm not banking on that happening again. I think the the Chiefs will be ready for him this year and so yeah, I'm sitting Ben, even if it's super tempting to start uh, him just because of all of his weapons. I have
0: some data, Danny, and that's that you should always sit me. a quarterback after he says, maybe I don't have it anymore. <laughs> also, we, talk, we talked Scientific. about this earlier
1: in the show, Danny. It just seems like against that Chiefs defense, we're going to see a similar recipe to the one they used last year in the playoffs, which is bell 30 times and just take the ball out of Roethlisberger's hands. Quarterback was yeah. football in Pittsburgh too, Kevin. We didn't really consider that. <laughs>
0: the problem is it's not a strategy it's just (laughs) happening
3: it's just happening all right let's get to the running backs all right so we've talked about this guy a couple weeks ago Marshawn Lynch Raiders against the Chargers this week um he's he's off to a pretty slow start you know he's kind of looking like a shell of his former self but something interesting happened this week I don't know if it means anything but I'm kind of banking on it meaning something so per rap sheet he met with Mike Tice offensive line coach of the Raiders um tried to get on the same page with him. Tice gave him some homework. It really reminds me of something that happened in Seattle when he was first here in Seattle, when um, he basically met with Tom Cable, and Cable was like, you need to do what I want from point A to point B, and then you can do whatever you want from point B to point C. And from there, it kind of just like clicked. Yeah. And he turned into a completely different runner. So I'm banking on that having an effect. I think he, you know, even in that rap sheet report, he said that Lynch is a little bit embarrassed by his play so far, so we could be... Talking about an angry beast mode this week. Um, Add that in with the fact that the Chargers are the worst run defense in the NFL so far. They've given up 161 yards a game, 5.0 yards per carry, which is 30th. Um, You know, I don't know how hard they're going to be leaning on on Carr when he comes back in this first game. And so I think it could be a good situation for him to kind of go off. Plus, he's gotten all five of the team's carries inside the five-yard line so far. So he's still their goal line back. He's still got that touchdown upside potential. So, yeah, I'm going with Lynch. Amazing how much the
1: Chargers have missed Denzel Perriman. I mean, I knew they would, but it just didn't seem like they would fall off this much against the run. He, he, they've really, there's just like a Denzel perriman shaped hole in the middle of their defense.
3: <laughs> yeah, and I think it's—you know—might have something to do with like new coaching, new 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 scheme, and all that. Yeah. But yeah, it's 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 crazy how good their offense or their defensive line is. But yeah, they've been just leaky versus run. It's strange.
0: Maybe, uh, is it also because they play in an MLS stadium? That may be it. <laughs> I'm going to that MLS stadium this weekend for a non-soccer and non-football game. What do you do? What else do they week? do there? I'm just they... going to stand in the middle of the field. No, there's a boxing match there. Oh, okay. I think the I game the is a boxing match
3: there. Really? The mm-hmm. game is like potentially getting moved because of all the smoke, though, right? So I don't think we know where it's being played this that... week.
0: Oh, yeah. No, but they
1: might move Which it is to, an le- to
3: Levi's. Yeah. Anyhow. That'd be exciting. All right,
1: who, who's, who's sitting? sitting? Who's day? sitting?
3: Here's my sit, you guys. Uh, Mays, you might be a little bit disappointed about this one, but Tariq Cohen versus the Ravens. I think number one, the Ravens are really, really good at home defensively. I think um, I saw this stat from uh, from Roto World. It, since the beginning of last year, they've gone up just fourteen or fifteen point four points per game at home. Add in, you know, you got a rookie quarterback starting this in Trubisky this week. Um, and for some reason, I don't know why John Fox has really cut back on Cohen's use. You know, over the last couple of weeks, his his snap share has gone down to in in week two it was sixty three percent. Now it's down to twenty eight percent last week. And so I, they've really, really cut back on him. Benny Cunningham is kind of cutting into that. And so yeah, it, it's he's to me until they kind of figure out like a, a good use in terms of how how much they're going to use him in the run game, how much they're going to use him in the passing game. I would I would stay away from him. Seems like the Bears are really trying to simplify the offense. And when you're using so
1: many rollouts and so many defined one-read plays, you're not going to get to the running back as many times. So even when they do use him, I don't feel like Trubisky's going to lean on him the way that another quarterback would. His target share has just dropped. I mean, 12-9, then 4-4-1. He's not a part of the offense like he was early in the season. Against the Ravens, I'd have no problem with that whatsoever. Absolutely.
3: Should we move over to the wide receiver position? All right, so my start... This week is Will Fuller. And I mean, clearly he's had a really, really, really uh, fast start this year again. Happened last year. And I think a lot of people are kind of nervous about, you know, he can't keep this production up. Like he fell off really hard last year as well after a really fast start. But this is a great defensive match. Or this is a great defensive matchup. They're facing the Browns. I think they're 31st in pass defense DVOA. Um, I just got done watching all of uh Deshaun Watson's tape the last couple of days, and I'm so impressed with him. And so um I just love the fact that number one, defenses tend to tilt towards Hopkins. And and I mean it's obvious why, but uh Watson's done a really good job of kind of using Fuller uh when that happens, getting him matched up one on one. He's great deep. He's obviously got tons of speed. And Fuller's also really good on kind of like you know screen plays, end rounds, things like that, because he's so, so fast. So I like his touchdown upside again. I mean, I think, you know, I'm not going to keep I'm not going to keep saying that he's going to have like two touchdowns every game for the rest of the year, but I think this is a good week for him. I think you got to stick with him another week at least and then kind of see how it plays out.
1: He also the way they use Fuller and then with Watson. Watson's ability to kind of extend plays it makes Fuller yeah. really dangerous on crossing routes Great just point, because yeah. those things can develop just in a, in a way that they wouldn't be able to without Watson bouncing around back there I'm just worried about the targets Danny just doesn't seem like he's getting enough of them to be consistently dominant and Watson's going to throw the ball to DeAndre 15 times a game
3: yep. I agree with that and that's why I think people are kind of nervous about him but against this defense this week I still got I think that touchdown upside is there who's sitting yeah you guys talked about him Mari Cooper yeah I think he's a, he's a tempting guy. Like, oh, he's going to bounce back this week. He, you know, he's going to get the targets. Blah blah blah. I'm I'm waiting until he does, man, because he's just looked really bad. He has, you know, he's been held under ten yards receiving for three straight games. Um, I mean, if you're tempted to start him this week, I'd hold off just just till he proves that he's you know figured out what's going on. Yeah, I I wouldn't blame you whatsoever. Totally agree. Okay, Danny, it's the moment we've all been waiting for
1: since
0: it was unleashed onto the world last week. Everybody's been talking about it. Maze, how many people have stopped you on the street and said, what's up with DK's <laughs> it's Dark incredible. Night? incredible.
1: I hear about it all the time. I just want to eat a meal. Yes. I Just leave me alone. <laughs> just
0: sitting there Jeez. at a coffee shop. People coming. Who's DK's Dark Night of the week? Danny. sweeping the nation, you guys. Danny,
3: hit us. DK's Dark Night, it's a sleeper fantasy start. I'm going with former Washington Husky, Austin's Ferian Jenkins with the Jets. No, oh, wow.
1: A jet. that, yes. that is the only, the first and only time I think we will mention a Jets player on the podcast <laughs> in the fantasy capacity.
3: I mean, he's looked good last couple of weeks. He's, he's uh, led, he's tied for, or led the team in targets two of the last three weeks. He's a big guy. He's up against the Patriots defense this week. You know, they could be coming from behind. It's kind of just one of those good matchups where I think, you know, he's gonna be targeted in the red zone. The Patriots have had have had a tough time matching up against tight ends, and he's kinda of turning into like one of their top targets. So all those things combined, I think he's kinda of one of those sneaky guys this week.
0: If you were just shown the line in June, the line being Austin Safari and Jenkins is a good matchup because he's going
3: against the Patriots defense. <laughs> How would you this react? Is, this is how, this is why making predictions in the preseason is just freaking impossible. I mean, like the NFL is so weird every freaking year. I don't know what to tell you. Danny, That's where we
0: are. Danny, it's Th- a weird, wild world, man. Thanks, buddy.
3: <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys.
0: Coming up, Joel Solomon is back with another edition of Am I Crazy? Plus, we'll let you know what we think next week's headlines will be. But first, let's take a quick break. Robert, have you started betting against the Giants every week yet? No, I have not,
1: but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be betting against the Giants every week. And if you do, you should be betting on mybookie.ag.
0: It's true, they're reliable and you get paid super fast. We always tell people, bet Sunday, get paid Tuesday. Your team doesn't even
1: have to win. They just need to cover, which is great for me as a Bears fan. Just keep these games close. That's the thing, you can just
0: emotionally hedge all of the time. Are you suggesting the Bears are going to keep the games close? Maybe. Yeah. You have to check out mybookie. They have an awesome mobile site and Robert, you know they have that live in-game betting.
1: Yes, they do, and for you two degenerates out there, that's exactly the type of stuff you need. You can also play blackjack and craps in their online casino.
0: Join now, and MyBookie will match your deposit with up to a hundred percent bonus.
1: Use promo code Ringer NFL to activate your offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid.
0: Okay, we got Joel Solomon here, comedy writer extraordinaire. Sort of, Joel. Thanks for coming. It's nice to meet you. This is this is this good the first time for us. All right, yeah. it's the latest installment of "Am I Crazy?" It's a segment that is exactly what it sounds like. You're just going to say, "Are you crazy for something?"
2: Yeah, I'm going to do my best. We'll we'll see. Some what do you got? some crazier than others. What do you got? <laughs> Last right.
0: week we had we had the we had the which actor is Carson Palmer? Yeah, and I got we got a couple tweets suggesting Dennis Quaid. Mm. That's actually not bad.
1: All right. Well, we can. Dennis Quaid was also the once washed-up quarterback in a football movie. That's true. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's true.
2: Um, all right. Well, let, let's start with New York. New York. We we always have to have a crap team to talk about. It's the Giants' turn. We New Yorkers always need something to complain about. But just how bad are the Giants going to be? I'm going to give you their schedule. Do they do they go zero and sixteen? Oh wow! Or am I crazy?
1: Let's look at the schedule. I think they have too much. My initial thought before even looking at any of the games they play
0: is that there are too many good players on the defense for that to happen. So I talked about this with Lombardi a couple of weeks ago and on on one of our videos. And the way what we both decided on is in order to go and 16, you need a tinge of hopelessness. Like like the worst teams. OK, check. Pe- people thought that, that people thought. People thought that, like, the Lions might be okay that year. They went at 16 Like, you need a desperation. If you're just a bad team, like the Browns were last year, like, those guys get scrappy and win a game. You need a team to completely quit. But th- that seems to be where we're going. That's what I'm talking yeah, about. I mean, it's cratering so Seahawks, bad. Rams, they could beat the Niners. The Niners is the one that I'm looking at right now. At, on the road, though. Outside of that, at Cardinals Christmas Eve. It's a pretty brutal stretch. At Cardinals Christmas Eve is a good
1: one to circle. Yes, that one. I mean, Washington's playing really well at the Raiders. I feel like the Raiders we have righted it, it depends to a certain degree. About how that. head coach Steve Spagnolo adjusts <laughs> to the Cardinals. So you're removing the interim tag. They're just going to give him the
0: job and like. Yeah, you know, that's 16. how the Giants operate now. Is they just promote unqualified people.
2: They're going to give him a six year contract. So I you, think it's really hard. To go zero and sixteen, so we're looking at one and fifteen potentially. I
0: think they win. I, I think they go two and fourteen. Wow! I think they win more than that. But maybe it them. is as bad as it seems. I hate them because I picked them to be good. <laughs> you just want it to go as bad as it possibly can, right? All I
1: right. don't think you're
2: crazy, but I do think they win a couple games. All right. Speaking of teams that were supposed to be good, the Arizona Cardinals. This yep. is this is a very an old team, even getting older now with Adrian Peterson. Th- this would have been an incredible fantasy football team in 2010. Right. I mean, they are <laughs> filled with best players to never win a Super Bowl right. that still won't win a Super Correct. Bowl. Correct. It's pretty much an, a Fox NFL Sunday crew in five years, this team. <laughs> five? Five! five, as five as you right, say two! two. <laughs> all right, so, I mean, it is hilarious that Larry Fitzgerald has now played with Emmitt Smith and, and Adrian Peterson on that same team. It's unbelievable. Um, and never in a productive way. No. So Tom Brady is forty, Fitzgerald's thirty-four, Palmer's thirty-seven, Adrian Peterson is thirty-two. Tom Brady's forty. Am I crazy, or is he still going to outplay all three of these guys? Uh, yeah,
0: definitely. Well, the only person with any chance would be there could be like a Fitz rejuvenation that I could see on but New England, <laughs> on New England. Right? No, it's gonna be it's gonna be Brady. I, it's not Peterson's out of the equation, as is Palmer. Absolutely, I also don't think
1: Larry Fitzgerald is the guy to hang around no. Larry Fitzgerald's going to walk he's away from football yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if this was it Larry Fitzgerald is not the, I'm going to run this into the ground person
0: Does he make it to the Giants game? Tom Brady game? is Does
1: he make it to the Giants Larry game? Fitzgerald. I do think he makes it there but that, he, I tell you what That's it, his second to I last game I tell you
0: game. what, the way to doom a Giants win this season Is if Fitz says he's hanging up like two days before that game <laughs> And then they, they have to win it for Fitz this is this is you. I love that you're making this. It'd be kind of like, if
1: Tom Coughlin just like called Larry Fitzgerald. I was like, you need to
0: tell people that you're tired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So Fitz has had one really good game this year. 149 yards. He has two touchdowns on the season. He won them a game. He won them a game against San Francisco. Um. So what said, a battle. What a, what a battle. <laughs> I remember where I was. Two teams named as maybe Giants wins. <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst thing you can
1: say about yeah. NFL franchise in 2017. Yeah, no. So I think
2: we agree. Brady's the guy. All, All right. right, what else you got? Okay, Monday night, huge AFC South showdown. Colts. Aren't they always huge? They they AFC South. This is I circle them every single week. <laughs> <laughs> we're calling this the uh, Matt Hasselbeck backup classic. <laughs> could have been Luck, Mariota. Instead, we're getting uh, Jacoby Brissett versus Matt Castle. But well, Mariota should be back. It could be back. Maybe, maybe. Be. we yeah. don't know about we that. We don't know. We don't know. That, that it, it, it's still questionable. So right right now, it's it's not. But shockingly, it's still a big game because at two and three, as of today, they're only one game behind the Jaguars. And if they can keep pace, as we've seen, one of these teams could be poised to make a late season run at the playoffs. So, am I crazy, or does Chuck Pagano look like Gene Hackman? <laughs> <laughs> um, because we're not talking about this game. He absolutely yeah, does. Um.
1: Does he? I think he does. Oh my god, he absolutely does.
2: Which, uh, this it a, a this long, long time ago, though. Right now, I'm just furiously googling. If you find someone better, internet, yeah, let once me You know.
1: got the hairline. The yeah. thing is, though, Gene had the mustache a little bit later. Is the problem like French Connection? Gene Hackman didn't have the mustache. It's harder to pin it.
2: Weird. Yeah. Well, when Gene Hackman
0: aged in a weird
1: way, he
2: really
0: did. He went from like young man
2: to to very old very quickly. Not that they're going to make the Chuck Pagano movie, but if they do, we we have Eugene Hackman pegged. I don't know about I don't know about that. Do you think Hackman would take that role? Gene Hackman's
0: also like (laughs) ninety years old right now. I'm not. I'm actually selling the Chuck Pagano looks like Gene Hackman. No, I can absolutely see it. I'm right. selling it's it. It's the hairline.
1: The hairline's a huge thing. No, the part hairline is
0: a whole thing, but I mean that's anyone can have that hairline.
1: I would like to see Gene Hackman in the eighties with a mustache. Or I guess a goatee. If yeah. <laughs> if, that's there's Chuck's a, look.
2: if there's a draft day two, except with the Indianapolis Colts organization, Hackman, you're on he's on the clock. Um, I want to bring this up again. Gene Hackman is 87 years old. (laughs) Draft Day 2 starring
0: Chuck Pagano and Gene
2: Hackman is just
0: them (laughs) not, just the Colts not drafting any help for Andrew Luck for two hours. (laughs) 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 Who plays Ryan Grigson? Dennis Quaid,
2: right? He plays plays everybody. (laughs) All right.
0: Well, what an amazing way to go out, Robert. We have to very quickly get to our next week's biggest headlines. What do you got?
1: I think the Steelers hysteria hits a crescendo if they lose this game. Yeah. I mean, it becomes full panic mode, and I understand why. It just feels like this was supposed to be a team that was in until the end, and the idea that they're significantly worse, and not significantly worse, but that they're not favored to beat the Chiefs. I don't understand the Chiefs are the best team in the league, but it still is just shocking to me to see the Pittsburgh Steelers at this point in the season. Their defense is good. The offense should be so much better. It just feels like if they go down this week, if Baltimore likely wins against the Bears, that division suddenly starts coming into flux. I just feel like this is the week where it gets really bad.
0: In my opinion, I totally agree with you. And if I had to, if I could copy yours, I would because the vultures will be circling around Ben Roethlisberger Absolutely. in a way that I don't think. I mean, that season can get really grim really quickly.
1: I saw a dead seal on the beach yesterday. So the seagulls are picking at it. I feel like that's what we're going to be looking at next week.
0: I think. That is the number one story of the week. I think that the number two story of the week is going to be whoever the hell wins that Rams-Jags I totally game. agree with you. I was going to pick, I'm like, the Jags it here. I'm a, everyone's going to hype up the winner of that game, and I will be in front of the I will be driving the pace car <laughs> for that. I'm going to uh. irrational, irrational hype on Tuesday morning. Monday. All day. I'm driving it. Uh, I'm in. I can't believe that we're here. Uh, I mean, I guess I should be surprised. It was always going to be what super weird. What a but... dumb world we live in. <laughs> and on that note, that's it for today. We'll be back Tuesday recapping the Jacksonville Jaguars or Los Angeles Rams and their march towards history and the rest of week six. As always, thanks for listening to the Ringer NFL Show with Kevin Clark and and Big the Awards, Awards guy. guy on the Ringer Podcast Network. Thanks, guys.